You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app with John Schuster, Ben White. I'm Mike Luke. We got Jacob Franklin hiding in the back with a Batman shirt on, which I don't know why he wouldn't want to play. But all right, we got a lot to get to. Comments coming in hot and heavy already. Arizona wins. This was not a pretty game. Um, there are some good things to get to, which we will. Washington, though, is not a good team. And this is a little troubling that this has happened a few times now at home against bad teams, I think of Cal as well, guys, where Arizona kind of plays down to the level of its competition there, shoe. See, I'm kind of curious about where this goes. I, I look tonight at a Washington team that I'm perplexed that they're 9-7. and seven. Uh, and, and they are they provide some interesting matchup components that make it difficult on Arizona. I thought their game plan was excellent tonight. Uh, they hustled really well. Fuller was tough. Badgemi was tough. Mia on the inside looks like is the guy is the NBA guy's name Stephen Adams. Uh, he looked <laughs> yes, like the college, yes. he looked like the college version of him, and he was all kinds of problems on the interior. They have athletes. They have positions in a lot. They have pieces in a lot of positions. Uh, I, I appreciated their hustle. I think they have the type of style that um, obviously uh, can give. Arizona some issues and now we've seen this in consecutive games and I feel like even though they got miserably obliterated in Boulder tonight uh, Oregon is the type of team that can do something similar to this and and ugly things down I think to a large degree the scouting report to Arizona is that they're a ballet and if you're the opposition you've got to throw marbles on the floor but what I like out of Arizona in response to this is that they seem to be a little bit more snarly, perhaps, than they were last year. Yeah, I agree with that. Seem to have, they, they, they seem to have a willingness, and we kind of saw this tonight, kind of a willingness, you know, because I'm going to carry the marbles analogy out a little further, to grab those damn things and shove them in Washington's mouth. And it's kind of <laughs> like if that's, how, if that's how a team is going to come at you, and I think that's the model the scouting model for Arizona, in, in addition to some other things in the way that they're going to try to crash the inside against the Cats, uh, then Arizona's medal in those kinds of games is going to be necessary. You've seen a team that before this last week was, what, second in the country, scoring 88 points a game, and is now about 20 points off that pace with a 69-point effort against ASU and a 70-point effort against Washington, but even with uh, scoring outputs like that, the Cats have come away with two W's in those matchups. Yeah, I thought Arizona, from a from a size standpoint, I thought they were a little shell shook. I don't like Schuster said. I don't think they anticipated quite what they were going to be getting on the inside, and that was Washington's game plan from the very beginning. They just threw everything they had. They forced Arizona to go outside, and Arizona had a tough time making a shot for most of that game up until the last few minutes or so, and. It was just one of those games where they created hectic early. And I think a team like Washington and other teams in this Pac-12 schedule, you know, they look back at games like ASU and what ASU was able to do kind of in the second half um, of last of last week's game, right, where you just make such an impact defensively and you're able to get back. And you got guys, obviously, in, in the front court for Washington who um, – I don't necessarily think they're anywhere close to the level of Tubelis or Balo, right? But they can play. I right. mean, Brooks was a huge, huge impact. They had some other guys in and out of that rotation. And this is definitely a team. I watched them thinking they're not a, a great team by any means, but definitely a team that should be better than seven and nine, like Schuster said. So um, Arizona, 
very tough start. You know, I wouldn't give them certainly an A plus performance in this, but you know, it came down to the last five minutes and Larson, I think was somebody off the bench who, in my opinion, was probably the player of the game, just forcing that steal, you know, getting to the foul line, making a couple huge bus buckets where it really turned the momentum in the last few minutes. So we've seen this tale before we've seen Arizona get themselves in deficits and one way or another, it's a different tale every day. It's like Schuster said, it could be a ball game where they're scoring 85 to 90 points a game. It could be a, a game where things are slowed down, win on, one on the defensive side, um, slowed down in the half court like we kind of saw tonight. So um, no matter what you want to think about the way Arizona's played the last few games and some of these slow starts and some of these holes, they're finding different ways to win. All right, let's talk about Kylan Boswell here as well. We're going to talk a lot about Pell Larson, but Kylan Boswell, this to me was really kind of his breakout performance here. 9.6 rebounds, 6 assists. Um, and watching the game, he kind of controlled, when he was in there, he kind of controlled the tempo. He had a really nice, he had some really nice passes in there. Shu, uh, Tommy Lloyd has said from the beginning that he expects uh, Kylan Boswell to be a fantastic player here at the U of A. This was a nice, nice breakout performance from him. Yeah, it was certainly a good progress, and we'll see if that continues. And that helps Arizona in, in the backcourt. And uh, obviously, uh, very nice. I thought the last minute, was kind of interesting in regards to him. And again, his number was good uh, across the board, and he was very instrumental for Arizona getting back into the game and pivotal to Arizona making a big run to close the lead in the first half and then try to get a little bit of an advantage over the course of about the last four minutes. But right. the la there, there were two possessions on offense in the last minute that looked to me kind of like uh, growing moments. Uh, with in the first possession, which was with about a minute left, I think Arizona was up three or five. Right. Uh, it, it was a rough possession where Boswell had an open three and didn't take it. With about mm -hmm. five seconds left on the I shot, I knew you were going with that. Yeah. He he passed up the shot and he went to Creason. Creason, you know, shot clock running down, forced it. On the ensuing possession, however, he did have the open look that we're going to remember. Uh, that for intents and purposes put the game away because he hit a three from the baseline. So right. there was that 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 I thought was kind of an interesting sequence. There's still maybe a moment where he was concerned and a little uncomfortable trying to take the big shot, and then somewhere in the following possession, I don't know if somebody talked to him or if it just happened organically. He was willing to take the big shot and he made it. And that's uh, what you hope. That, that's one of the things you hope for. He was good over the course, obviously, of most of the game, but I thought those two possessions in the last minute were kind of interesting. All right, yeah, Ben, that's let's what you, talk. That's what you want to see. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Ben. You're up. You're up. Yeah, that's what you want to see um, from guys off the bench, right? Because as we progress through this season, you know, we've always had that wild card question. I think we continue to have it is, who's going to be that guy for Arizona that steps up when we need a shot? And I think you're starting to see the answer is it's going to be a combination of a couple of different people. Um, Boswell was the guy tonight. We've seen some bigger performances. Um, Ramey, I'm sure we'll get to. I didn't think particularly played very well tonight at all. Um, you look at some of the other guys off the bench. Arizona's done a nice job, I think, over the last few games, getting those guys in a healthy rotation and getting these guys more comfortable as we progress throughout the season. So um, Arizona's able to go deep. They're able to get different guys in and, it's only going to help them progress as, you know, we find ourselves later in the in the season. So um, I was very impressed with the bench. I mean, it may not show on the stats. I know Boswell had nine points, but he, like Schuster said, he makes he made some pretty, pretty uh, pivotal three point shots. So 
um, good progression from Arizona. And I think each game we go, right, you know, outside of maybe um, Ramey regressing a little bit. But then again, Ramey, we haven't really seen all that much from this season. But outside of that, I think you're learning a little bit more about the bench every single game. And that's what you want if you're a Wildcat fan, for sure. All right. I want to talk about Ramey here in a second. But first, got to pay the bills. OGs. All right. You might say to yourself, Mike, what's OGs? All right. I'm glad. I'm glad that you asked. All right. You can get these. These are gummies that you can get at any of your local dispensaries, Indica's, Sativa's, you name it. They've got it. Check it out. Got to be 21 and up to enjoy, but different flavors, different strains. They got all kinds of stuff there for you. Help you sleep, help you feel cool. Whatever you want, though, OGs, we are proud to be partnered with OGs right there. Check it out at your local dispensaries and the DraftKings pick of the week is here. This is where we're at right now. Here's what my DraftKings pick of the week is going to be. Whatever the spread is against Oregon State, I expect Arizona to cover that spread. Again, 21 and up, Arizona only. Gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Check out the show notes and the link in the description. But that's what I'm going with. Take it to the bank. That's my DraftKings pick of the week. John Schuster, I see you smirking. What are you smirking at? Oh, I'm smirking at any of a number of different things. Anything related to the Sacramento Kings. All right. Well, you know what? Don't take our NBA picks for it because generally they stink. All right. Now, we need to get back to some questions here. A lot of people are talking about Courtney Ramey here. And be quite be, and to be honest with you, he was terrible tonight. Um, Doug Gottlieb said something that I thought was pretty interesting. <laughs> Doug Gottlieb, when I had him on the show once. He said, I asked him, I said, what do you expect out of Courtney Ramey this year? And he said, I expect him to be kind of what he was at Texas, probably 11 points, couple rebounds, couple assists. And I said, you don't expect more? And then he said, listen, he said, there are no pros in the transfer portal. They're in the transfer portal for a reason right there. And he said, so anybody that's expecting a guy at Texas who was 10 points, 11 points to come into Arizona and average 19 or 20 and carry the team. He said, he's not Damon Stoudemire, you know, he's Courtney Ramey. And I thought that was an interesting point that he made there, John Schuster. Well, I think right now, if you, if he was Boswell, you'd take it. Mm -hmm. uh, then, then you'd have uh, two guys in the backcourt who, uh, you know, can play a, with, with a little tenacity and get things going. Hopefully, Ramey's going through a little bit of a slump and can work his way through it because we've seen earlier this year that there's a physicality component that he has and an ability to make some three-pointers, which Arizona is clearly going to need to be able to do. Uh, and But, I mean, everybody who's concerned about him is – Right. Uh, you know, it's been a tough little stretch here that hopefully he can work his way through. And I thought he was involved. If you want to talk about the difference in gen general difference in hustle, I thought Ramey was involved in the wrong way in the reason that Washington was in this game. And it was such a struggle for Arizona. It was when he had the breakaway layup uh, that could have been a dunk. Uh, I think right. early in the second Where half. He just nonchalantly. He nonchalanted it and Fuller races from. You know, it, it seemed like at least 20 feet behind him from Seattle blocks the shot, knocks it out of bounds uh, and, and and fouled him. But then Ramey goes in the line and misses two free throws at the time in the game. That was a huge sequence. I think Washington was up five. It could have cut it to three. The Huskies pushed it to seven. And now you're starting to look at the clock a little bit again. So, you know, hopefully that's one of those moments from a video standpoint that uh, the coaching staff can go back to Ramey and say, you know, look, you can't do that. You got to be right. tougher. You got to play with more tenacity. It does, you know, it's not that 
you, you bring in the guy and you want him to score 18 or 19 a game. But if you can get 10 good minutes and good defense, then, you know, he's providing what you need him to provide. And if Boswell can step up and fill in the difference uh, and Henderson does his job and if Ball can improve. Uh, you, you know, there are still there are ifs on the bench aspect of this roster, but there's still a chance that these players can get better. And Ramey looked good and looked like a help to Arizona for what the first eight games of the season. Right. And I mean, there were times when it looked like yeah. he could be Arizona's best player in Maui, Absolutely. especially. So hopefully he can get that back. But it's been a struggle. What for whatever reason it's been a struggle, I don't know. But uh, hopefully we've we've at least seen that the potential is there. So hopefully it's something that he can channel again, which benefits Arizona. Ben, you mentioned Pella Larson earlier, and you know what? I'm going to call him. How about this one here? He did a little bit of everything out there. He was a little bit of a Swiss army knife out there. Oh, and that he was playing good. He was playing. He, he draws a lot of fouls, playing some pretty good defense. Made, Man, I'm made glad a, this isn't a geography show. Anyway, go ahead, Mike. Made some three points. Pointers, exactly. But you mentioned Pella. What really stuck out to you about Pella Larson? I just thought, especially the last, you know, five, six, seven minutes in that game where um, Arizona was able to cut it close, right? They went on a pretty significant run. And I just thought out of all the guys on Arizona, he was that one guy who kind of just stood, stood up and said, screw it. You know, I'm going to take the ball. I'm going to take this game in control. And, you know, he made some really pivotal plays. Like you said, he was able to get to the foul line. He was able to force a couple of turnovers. And that's what this team needed tonight. I mean, they weren't shooting well. Washington, on the grand scheme of things, wasn't shooting well as well. I mean, you look at their field goal percentage, Arizona only shot, what, 36% from the field. So right. you certainly weren't able to make a jump shot. You know, Tubelis and Balo, it's not that they were in foul trouble or anything, but I don't think, you know, from a physicality standpoint, the stats show a little bit different, right? Two balls at 18, Bala had 15. But the majority of that game, I thought there was a fair level of inconsistency from both of those guys. And you had to have somebody mm -hmm. step up, and Larson was able to be that guy tonight. And he was able to really get Arizona the momentum back when it needed it most desperately. And they were able to go back. And then at that point, you felt like even though the game was close, Arizona was in control for, you know, the last five, six minutes or so, despite what right. the score said. So I was really impressed with him. There's definitely been moments this year where um, he hasn't played, certainly at this level. And there's definitely been some things he's done on the court that probably were out of his scope. But he keeps getting better and better and uh, proving people wrong. And as the kids say, my bad, Pella. All right. Sean, I think, makes an interesting hashtag my bad Pella. Sean, I think makes an interesting point here. We'll get to in just a second, but I want to tell you about mountain Mike's pizza. Mountain Mike's pizza has taken off. Even the biggest Arizona football trolls in the world are enjoying mountain Mike's pizza and taking pictures of this on Twitter. Check it out. Check it out on Oracle and Wetmore. Um, John Schuster has come on here with a mountain Mike's cup. It's and, true. You know, this is true. And you know, it's a good TV setup. It's a lot of fun right there. The pizza's good. The pepperonis are fantastic. Check it out. Mountain Mike's and Tap and Bottle. Tap and Bottle, the official place for the away game watch parties for Arizona uh, basketball and football. Got another one coming up next week. Love to see you out there. Scott and Rebecca do a great job at the Tap and Bottle downtown. Also, you'll have Four Peaks and a good chance that there'll be Mountain Mike's pizza there as well. So Tap and Bottle and Mountain Mike's. All right, Sean makes a great point here. He says, does this game concern you for the upcoming opponents like Oregon, USC, UCLA? We almost lost to a zone and bad rebounding. 
it's kind of a two-part question for me because Arizona has many times this year played its best games against its best competition, Indiana, Creighton. You could make the case, you know, uh, in the second half against Tennessee, but it's also played some of its worst. Uh, it's also played some of its worst games against some of the worst teams on this schedule. From a, um, you know, from a from Cal again, Washington looks like they should be better, but the record speaks for itself. Is Arizona just a team that's playing up to their level of their competition or down to it? I don't know. Uh, I, I I keep hearing that. Maybe we don't know exactly how good Arizona ultimately is. Uh, am I concerned? Sure. Uh, because UCLA, USC, and athletically, Oregon is Oregon has talent. Oregon at least has athletes. I'm not sure they have basketball players. They don't seem to have a point guard. Uh, they, they, they seem to have a great track roster but i'm not sure that they're i'm, I'm right. not sure how good their basketball team is right now and for the set well it's still also the first week in january so by mid-february they could be all awesome as altman gets that working but you know we'll worry about that a little bit later arizona's not invincible let's quit kidding ourselves and suggesting that maybe they are uh they're going to lose another game or two games or maybe three games in this conference right uh there are teams at the there are teams that are competitive with them. And on some night, Arizona's not going to be as good as those are. UCLA, but Arizona's not the only team that isn't invincible, certainly on a national scale and certainly on on a conference scale. UCLA was dominating USC and scored something like 15 points in the second half and uh, had and 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 had to work really difficult with a couple big buckets in the last minute to hold off USC in a game that they were dominating in the first 20 minutes. USC, conversely, was getting dominated in that game for the first 20 minutes. Oregon got steamrolled at Colorado tonight. Uh, so it's... Uh, Purdue I, as well. Look at Purdue against Ohio a, State today. It's a great example. The Purdue example is great. UConn's lost twice this week. You're in that portion of the college basketball season in conference play where people understand what it is you're trying to do. They have a relative familiarity with you, and you're kind of in some dog day elements too. Teams are going to lose, and right. Arizona is going to be one of those teams that falls under that category. So don't be surprised. I won't be if Arizona runs into some troubles uh, as far as uh, this schedule is concerned. You hope that Arizona wins enough game games to win the conference and be able to stay out west. When you get to the tournament, there's a lot of favorability based on the locations uh, that they could be situated. So that's what Arizona's playing for, a favorable seed and favorable geography. But the belief that Arizona is going to be this invincible juggernaut, I think, is asking for a lot on a team that, you know, you have a little bit of a scouting report for. It, it, it's, it, it's fairly obvious here. Teams are going to try to pack it in now. They're going to double-team Ballo and Tabellus. They're going to triple-team Ballo and Tabellus, given certain situations. They're just going to completely collapse on the inside. And when uh, those guys kick it out, they're going to take their chances to see how uh, consistent the Cats can be from three-point range. And sometimes they will be, and sometimes they won't. Washington's athleticism tonight made that very difficult for Arizona to get any into any real rhythm. And while Tabellus had... Really good numbers, and I actually like to get to him a little bit later. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Not only you don't have to, you don't have to preface it. Go with it, and then we will take off of your lead. We will follow good. your lead. But generally speaking, there is you. You have enough video on Arizona that you know how to a, a, attempt to attack them. Whether you have the talent to make it work is another thing uh, entirely. 
But Arizona has now come up against two teams that are very athletic, that are offensively inconsistent, that have managed to keep the games close and made it difficult for Arizona to be effective on the offensive end. Now to Tabellus. There were a lot, and, and ben, ben alluded to a lot of this too. Tabellus had a really interesting game tonight uh, in that the numbers across the board are really pretty good. Uh, but there were clear moments where he was the target of Washington's ire. Mm-hmm. They were going to do everything they could to bump him, grab him, tug him, push him, shove him, whatever it took, bring two people at him, bring three people at him, bring the water boy at him, whatever it was to Bellis was going to have it. They, they, they were not going to make it easy on him. And there was a point in time where Tabellus got very frustrated with that. And I thought Larson did an excellent job calming him down. And then Lloyd took him out of the game and that calmed him down too. It was about at the 16 minute mark of the second half. And then he came back and did a lot of little things instead of letting it compound. He, he was, he wasn't necessarily, he wasn't really forcing up a bunch of bad shots. He found a couple opportunities with Ballow. Uh, He involved Larson to a large degree. He, he did little things to get other people involved, but then in the last minute, he missed the two free throws, which gave Washington an opportunity. So it was a very interesting game. But what I liked overall is that last year's Tabellus, I think may have melted a little bit under that kind of strain. And this year's Tabellus, I think, played pretty darn well given the circumstances. And that's the kind of growth that you want to see from a development standpoint uh, with players who return to your program from a year-to-year basis. Ben White, what do you say? Alex Garcia, big shout out. Back in the A from South Seoul, South Korea. I appreciate you guys. We appreciate you even more, Alex. Uh, very much appreciated. Ben White, what were you going to say? Yeah, I, I think that's spot on. I think there were moments in the game where um, he certainly was Arizona's best player on the floor from a scoring standpoint. And I think there were play- moments in the game where he was Arizona's one of the worst players on the floor just because of the way things unfolded. But, you know, the grand scheme of things, when you look at the way college basketball has unfolded, you know, this is kind of that time of year, like Schuster said, where the scouting reports are not only out on Arizona, but they're out on everybody. I mean, you look across the top 10, top 15 teams in the country Everybody has losses, good losses, bad losses, you name it. And I think as Arizona figures out these challenges and we certainly don't want to see these slow shots, we certainly want to see some of these questions answered. But by and large, Arizona's playing to what the market is right now in college basketball. So that's something to keep in mind as well. And somebody like Tubelis is going to have those nights of frustration where, you know, he's not able to do exactly what he wants to do. But I think the one thing that you have to take away and my probably biggest concern in this game is just, we saw in the first half where Arizona was maybe missing some of those shots just because Washington had packed the paint so much where you saw that frustration visibly on the court where guys weren't even getting back and Lloyd was pissed. You saw it with Lloyd calling those timeouts. Those are the things where I think you watch Arizona, you know how good they can be defensively with those two guys in the front court, especially. And when you see that, that's what concerns me, because if that doesn't happen, yeah, maybe Washington is keeping this game close throughout the first half and the majority of the second half like they did tonight. But I'm not sure we see a big, you know, double digit deficit the way we did tonight in that first half. If they play even a little bit of an ounce of defense getting back on the basketball, because they didn't seem to do that at all in the first half. And that was my biggest worry, to be quite honest. you make a great point too, because I think uh, I think as fans, especially when you're fans of uh, you know of a big time program like Arizona, you don't really compare Arizona to the uh, 
to other teams in the country. You compare them to what you're seeing in front of you. And there is, you look around the country right here, Arizona's in the top five, and quite frankly, they should be in the top five. I mean, look at it this way. UConn lost two straight. If you've watched UConn at all this season, you know that UConn is very, very, very good. Um, Houston has lost a game. All of these teams out here have lost a game. Kansas has played tough games. Everybody, there isn't that dominating team out there that, you know, just doesn't have a, a real weakness to it. And I think that's where fans kind of get stuck into it a little bit, where you're looking for something that everybody else has. Arizona's flaws are just a little bit different than some of these other teams' flaws. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Be and 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 the good news about that, and we've talked about this on these post game shows quite a bit, is that Arizona brings something to the equation that a lot of other teams just don't have. It was interesting. Washington had close to it tonight. Washington had a couple bigs that made things pretty difficult for Arizona on the interior, but that's rare. And the the combination of bigs who can score is problematic as well. Uh, and Arizona has three of those guys, even though it was a tougher night for Vesar. Uh, and hopefully I saw him with a little wristband. Towards By the, the way, real quick on Vesar. Yeah, real quick. Our good friend, Anthony Humbert, very good mm. man, smart man. We will not take any more of this Vesar slander because when Vesar leads the conference in shot blocks at some point during his career and is an all-conference guy, Anthony, we are going to bludgeon you with all of these remarks. Sorry, the John only, Schuster, go the ahead. Only, the only reason that Vesar, oh, and oh, you want to go out on the limb? You want to go out on the thin, 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 thin limb? The only reason that Vesar doesn't lead the conference in blocked shots is because he goes to the NBA. Oh, 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 that's a big. Oh, that is a thin limb. That's a thin middle finger to uh, Anthony. Uh, right uh, there. And, you know, with all due with with, with, with all due respect, with all respect, well earned to our pal A.H. Uh, right. You know, I just figured I would uh, go. I'd, I'd find a very thin limb and uh, toss it out there. Nevertheless, I think as the year progresses, Vesar is going to be very helpful for Arizona. Tonight was a tough night for him because it was physical. One of the right. things that I thought Ben, ben mentioned, though, so in, in, anyway, the larger scale theme is that the very good teams have an area that they can exploit. Uh, but they're not necessarily complete. Arizona falls into that category as well. Arizona has a great front line that's going to be a problem for a lot of teams. Other really good teams have things that they do exceptionally well that's going to be a problem for a lot of other people as well. So I think that's one of those things that makes the potential of this year's tournament very interesting because, Mike, as you noted, there was there there doesn't appear to be a standout so far this year. Uh, right. which always makes the second weekend and the uh, final four weekend of the tournament uh, very enjoyable. Um, Have I told you about the four peaks? Uh, we've only talked about three of them tonight, but I have a feeling you're about to add one in terms of overall libations. All right, here's the deal. The four peaks, everybody looks at Vesar, Dylan Anderson, and Umar Ballo. There is a fourth peak out there, and his name is Dylan Anderson. He doesn't do his work during the game. He does his work during practice. You know who does their work all day during games, during practice? Four Peaks Brewery, the official brew of PHNX Sports. All right, here's what you do. You can go down there. They got all kinds of great drinks. They got great food. They got watch parties. You can go root against ASU at Four Peaks in Tempe, or 
even better. You can come to the Tap and Bottle watch parties and get four peaks as well, and we can talk about Dylan Anderson and the greatness that is Dylan Anderson that people don't know about yet as the fourth peak. But again, check the show notes and the link in the description. 21 and up, Arizona only. Talk uh, about oh, NIL. Some of these players should be given Mike. Uh, yeah, except you're, you're absolutely right, except there is an obvious problem with this one. I'm not sure any of them are 21. So we're not we're, we're not suggesting for a moment that any guy that any of these guys are actually participating in no. that. But, but the thing about it, though, you, when you can because you're 21 or over and you can enjoy four peaks while relishing in what Arizona has as far as the front line is concerned. All right, there we did. The reads oh. out of the way. Ben White, you're uh, our John Schuster. Ben yeah, White, Ben Tour. Yeah, ben, uh, there, there was a point that Ben talked about that I kind of uh, wanted to get to briefly, and uh, and, and and then uh, from an overdue standpoint, I will yield. Um, there, there were uh, Ben. Ben. Ben was talking about the hustle and Arizona's inability to get back. That's two games in a row now against athletic teams that scored that, that got back into games or took control of games. Uh, because Arizona was not good tr- from a transition standpoint in defense and got itself in trouble from a turnover standpoint. Uh, ASU got back into the game, not with three-pointers, but they got back into the game with dunks. And uh, Washington tonight was able to get a lot of really good looks as a result of them being able to hustle a little bit better and beating Arizona down the floor on the defensive side of the ball. So it's understandable that Lloyd used a couple timeouts based on that because – he was rightfully concerned that that's now been a two-game problem uh, for Arizona. And you know, I think Wildcat fans, Wildcat coaching staff, hopefully the Wildcats, recognize that that's something that needs to be quelled and improved. I imagine from a practice standpoint, I know we only have two days here, but um, definitely going to be some areas of addressing when it comes to that, I think, if you're Tommy Lloyd. This was the first probably moment all season where I saw him like visibly upset on the sideline. You saw that. Um, with him calling the timeout, something that we all advocated that he should have done last week on the show after the ASU game. But that's it's certainly a concern. Um, like a lot of things that Arizona has struggled with this year, you kind of see it in spurts, right? You you see it, you know, with some of the, the shooting woes that we see tonight. We see it with defense. Point being, right, it all goes back to it's a game-by-game game this year. It's a game-by-game game situation this year, really, where – you look at all these teams losing, you look at all the inconsistency and all the uncertainty. It's how you play in that game. And as there, as long as Arizona remembers that, as long as I think you see some progression from some of these guys on the bench and as long as Tubelas and Balo are out there, I'm not really all that concerned in the grand scheme of things. There are definitely individual things, but I imagine that'll be addressed here pretty quickly. And um, without getting too ahead of ourselves, I would imagine you see that result very quickly against Washington State from a defensive standpoint. To answer Sean's question right here, great question, my guy. Um, I think a hard athletic defense is going to be something that's going to be uh, something Arizona's going to have to deal with because if I was – Arizona's got a lot of really good strengths, and there's a reason they're a top five team. But I mean, we've seen at times when teams are, when you have athletic teams that can pressure you, there is a little bit of a, uh, you know, there's 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 some issues with that. So I would uh, um, I would I would second that. Um, I did want to talk briefly though about before we sign off about Cindy Brunson. This was an interesting broadcast. Um, um, I don't know that I've ever heard a 
commentator openly cheering in the manner in which she was. You know, I, you know, I, I know we're in the year 2023. Sean Schuster, you're a fan of the old school, but you know what? You might not have even had the volume on, but if you did, what did you think? Yeah. Yeah, that was certainly an interesting broadcast. Uh, I, I, I think Brunson's pretty good, but got way too flamboyant from a play-by-play perspective tonight. Uh, that's uh, that that's not something that you expect. Uh, she knows the game, and I think knows how to broadcast plays in front of her. But there was a lot of excitability and an effort to try. She was uh, the basketball version tonight of that announcer at the double a level who tries to have a home run call (laughs) and, and, and and goes through about 17 different things to try to figure out what's ultimately going to stick. And it's probably not something uh, that maybe ought to be implemented beyond that fake Dick Vital didn't help tonight either. And, and, and and (laughs) that was fake Dick Vital. Definitely. That guy obviously knows basketball, but Oh my goodness. He was, he was doing, he was really trying to pull out. Uh, I, I, I couldn't tell half the time if that dude was broadcasting a basketball game or playing Scrabble. And, 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 and I really don't necessarily, you know, need the charisma of 17 syllable words that you add another four syllables ultimately to and uh, and and so it was certainly uh it was certainly an interesting broadcast crew as uh, far as uh, Arizona was uh gifted with tonight Ben, you've been uh, you've been raised in the radio community. Um, this was something that I know via text caught your attention very quickly. What did you have to say about that? Well, uh, fake Dick Vitell not getting too much into it. No, used to work for a mutual person that all three of us know, and somebody that John Schuster used to work for at a radio station about six or seven years ago for a short year. And this individual definitely comes from a NBA background, and I'm not sure he's watched a single Arizona Wildcat (laughs) basketball game in his life. And um, probably one of those situations where Fox calls up and says, we got a midnight tip. It's probably going to be a pretty bad game Um, from a matchup standpoint, just across the country. uh, Who can do it? You know, and uh, this poor, uh, this poor guy was put on a flight and flew out there and didn't know a thing about what he was getting into. And then on top of that, I thought you had Brunson who, like Schuster said, was somebody trying to get the audience into, I think, holistically from like a national standpoint, a pretty bad game. And it was just so obvious, like, oh, my goodness. It was the woohoos and the oh, my goodnesses. And it, it was and just the like, and I, the mean, I mean, oh, my God. It's like, am I sitting next to a lady in the stands or am I watching a play by play broadcaster? Like, that's how I felt watching it. All right. Everybody out there, by the way, real quick, we will not have Dylan Anderson slander on this show. I saw that. I did never thought Alex Jacobson, now that was a smart remark right there. I never thought Alex Jacobson was going to be good. I do think that about Dylan Anderson. I also see way, John Schuster's yeah, finger. By the way, Mike Luke, before you go, and this is something that I gather is a running joke between uh, you and your pals. So, uh, you know, given that I'm a Luddite who tries to avoid technology as much as I possibly can, I'm not exactly sure of the nuances that are taking place here and what's a little bit of hilarity and what may be a little sarcasm. I can, I can answer that, that question legitimacy uh, all right. answer away all right dylan anderson a lot of people think dylan anderson stinks i don't think he stinks and a lot of this has been perpetuated by 
the fact that he used to be a top five player in the nation in high school, and he kept falling and falling down the rankings, and he doesn't play a lot, and he hasn't looked great. I will admit that when he's been in in certain aspects, but a lot of people just think he's a stiff. And we've seen a lot, in all fairness, we've seen a lot of guys with the certain physical characteristics of Dylan that have come in here and been stiffs. I am vouching for him saying that he is not a stiff, that he is good. And not only am I saying that he's good, I'm saying that he's going to be a starter here and a starter that at one point that everyone's happy to have, John Schuster. But Mike and Ben, if you look at the track record of the inside players in this program already, you have a guy who came into this program in Ballow who was basically, what, Dylan Anderson at Gonzaga? Right. Yeah. And is now is now putting up big numbers and is a problem for pretty much every team he faces. You have a guy in Tabellus who has clearly improved between last year and this year. And he was good last year, but he's clearly better this year. You have a guy in Vasar who looks like he's getting better week by week. That's three and oh. Right. So what makes you think why don't forget Coloco's improvement either. Coloco is a great example. YouTube so user throw, said that, not me. If, if you throw Coloco in there, that's four big guys who have made significant steps in this program under this coaching staff. That's a pretty good track record. And it makes you maybe feel like there might be some optimism as far as Dylan Anderson's upside is concerned. He certainly might be in the right program to make that happen. If it's good enough for the Tommy gun, it's good enough for me. How about that? Would you agree with this, Ben White? I would concur with that. You know All what right. I'm the most impressed with before you get out of here, Mike? Out of everything that's happened tonight, I think I'm the most impressed that Ben White looks like he's below the Arizona football stadium scoreboard. He does. That, 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 that video screen in the background looks like it's about 200 feet. That thing's a monster, dude. You're doing well out there. Congratulations. Ben White is doing very well for himself in California. Very well. We're privileged to have young Ben White on here. But, uh, all right. On that note, sometimes, you know what, when a compliment's given, you need to say nothing and just bask in the glory of that compliment. All right. Every I'm a humble man, as you know. All right. I can't thank you all enough I on a serious note. At 11.50 on a school night, we were at 121 uh, live views. That is fantastic. You guys are amazing. Again, you're, you are all the ones that make the show. Really appreciate it. Um, as all well, Mike, we I got one for you. You say back the A, the A doesn't sleep. The A doesn't sleep. I like that right there. And that's actually not trademarked, so you might be able to make some <laughs> coin off that. The A yeah, doesn't ben, sleep. Ben White is his own NIL. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Cope. I guess it's not a school night. It's winter break. Well, for some for some high school kids, though, it's oh, for whatever, some of us, man. the new year has started, unfortunately. All right. Yeah. So look at it that way. Not going to rain on my parade there, Kobe. All right. But for uh, John Schuster, Ben White and everybody out there, Jacob Franklin as well, even though he will never make an appearance, even though we want him to. I'm Mike Luke, and you have been listening to the AZ Wildcats postgame show. Uh, we will be back with you tomorrow. I got Coach Scotty Graham coming on at 2 o'clock. And then, all, as always, we'll be here for the post game on Saturday. For John Schuster, Ben White, I'm Mike Luke. Again, I'll say it for the second time you've listened to the AZ Wildcats postgame show. Oh.